Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure, and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis, and just when you thought, that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken. Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host here. We're going to try something very, very, very strange on this week's edition of the show. I'm going to try a different type of format. Um, coronavirus is creating panic, so we're going to have a little panic of our own here, a little chaos. I have no hosts with me right now. Um, as they want to be in the show, we are going to bring them in. We're going to do about an hour and a half here, just of random conversation here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast this week. It's going to be a fun time, so stay tuned. I'm going to go ahead and bring in our first host right now, Mr. Kyle Army. What's going on, man? Mr. Kyle Army is on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Welcome to the, the experimental edition of the show. Oh, shit. I'm just bringing people in live as they want to come in. As a matter of fact, Aaron is having, of course, connection problems. I'm calling this like Corona Mania or something. It's just going to be sheer Corona chaos. Mania. It's going to be sheer chaos here on the show. What's going on out there in your world, Kyle? How are we doing tonight? Not much. You want to talk about chaos? <laughs> let's let's talk about the fact of WrestleMania being fucking chaos. Absolutely. Jesus. We have... Uh, we have a, we have a WrestleMania with no crowd. We have a WrestleMania with like a, a skeleton crew roster. <laughs> we have a main event match with one of the competitors, but not going to be there. Yep, and from what I understand, um, they're doing a a switcheroonie tonight where they're going to work Braun Strowman into the match with Goldberg. At what point do you just fucking call it off? 
at what point do you sit there and go, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it's not fucking worth it. It's Vince McMahon, and he is stubborn. Stubborn. <laughs> Speaking of Vince McMahon, I don't know like if we have a real big format or whatever to the show. No, but there's, there's, there's no format to this. I mean, I, I figure we'll, we, maybe we'll bring up some things about WrestleMania's past and things like that. But, yeah, I'm just doing this one on the fly. It's a chaos edition of the show. So We'll probably talk more about it Sunday during our live reviews. But i got to get your reaction to the Brody Lee-Vince McMahon segment? I think that... I, I think it's okay to do something like that, but is it really beneficial? You know, is it, is it, is it, doing, is it doing you any good to... Cause, okay, how do I want to say this? AEW is supposed to be this new animal... It's it's doing its own thing. It's its own kind of wrestling. It's and then I mean to harp on, uh, excuse the pun, but to harp on Harper's past, um, to 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 bring Vince up and and stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's beneficial or not. I think it's I think it works against him just to be in that angle in and of itself. But see, the thing that I got from it was because they weren't really. It wasn't like aha, Vince. Like they, they didn't make it like a Vince McMahon character. Like they took the Vince McMahon, like, tropes that we all know, mm-hmm. and they gave it to Brody Lee active character. And to me, I was like, man, you know what? This could be funny, and it could be interesting if this is how the Dark Order is going to be from now on, where Brody Lee is just this fucking crazy-ass cult leader. Right. right. It shouldn't have a lot more entertaining than what has been. <laughs> yeah, which was just the silent, uh... The silent, uh bitch boy of uh of mr uh mr bray wyatt i mean yeah. I, I i don't i don't know so i i mean i don't know i i think that uh i think that if again i don't know i i almost want to say that they need to distance him from the most important thing to me is eventually distance him from the dark order because i really don't think they bring him up i think he i think they bring him down I think it'll be interesting to see, though, if he can bring the Dark Order up and actually make chicken, you know, I hate saying chicken salad out of chicken chick. Everyone fucking says it. But if he can make good out of out of the shit that is the Dark Order, it speaks volumes to him. Right. If there's a guy that can do it, I think Brody Lee is the guy that could do it. And Time will tell. And, and he is... He is def- he definitely has the talent. I've always been a fan. Um, I was a fan before WWE. I was a fan in WWE. As a matter of fact, I mean, I know there was a lot of uh, ups and downs with him there, but I, I really enjoyed the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick. You know, I thought I thought that was cool. They didn't they didn't treat it properly, but I thought it was a cool gimmick. No. Fucking Vince McMahon treating something that actually has potential with some type of respect. <laughs> That's not Vince McMahon. I'm gonna try to add somebody to the call here. Kyle, you sound like you're being held hostage somewhere. <laughs> I'm letting the folks behind the curtain here. Letting them hear 
but we go through. Oh, shit. Hang on. You know what? I'm going to switch over. Hang on one second. Okay. Make this easier. I told you, folks, this is We Can Chaos. That's what this, that's what this week's edition of the show is. We Can Chaos. There, that should be better. That's much better. Oh, yeah. The Fucking headset piece of junk. The listeners are so happy right now. I'm glad. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> You're welcome, fans. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and, okay, so, we were talking about the, uh, the mania and the chaos that is WrestleMania this year. And... <sighs> It's just like it's it's just like the rest of the world. Um, every day, <laughs> something changes. You know, it's like every day something changes. <laughs> well, my question is, you know, WrestleMania is still what two weeks away, almost mm-hmm. about. What what the fuck is ha- going to happen? Because I mean, you know, truth be told, listen here, we're we live in Ohio, and you know, every day it's it's spreading and it's getting worse and worse. How long before? I mean, already, how many talents have been quarantined now? Right. Yeah, we've got the last list that I saw was eight. <clears throat> I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna stop. I mean, is every day is going to get I worse? Heard- Hi, Aaron. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you. We are doing We Can't Chaos here for our listeners. We're talking about WrestleMania right now. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so far, Andrade, Asuka, Rey Mysterio, Roman Reigns, um, Miz, and I think there's one or two others that are now off the card, and they just keep chopping it up and... I mean, it, I don't know. It, it's it's nuts. Now, then again, I've also heard that they've already recorded everything. That's what I heard too. Everything's uh, everything's recorded. Well, apparently, it's not if these guys aren't going to the show. Well, like, mean, why would it matter if they're saying I'm not going to WrestleMania? They're not. What what he's saying is they've recorded everything with everybody that can that, yeah. was, that was able to record something. Well, they're so. gonna start putting the. Like that, that Ting Pow guy or whatever, he's going to wind up on WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to win the fucking title. Yeah. Because of Vince, Congratulations, pal. Because of Vince's stubbornness, the new Universal Champion will be Tony Nese. <laughs> well, I meant just some guy that's not even been on TV, just yeah. a performance center guy. <laughs> like that Chinese guy that hired Ting Pow, <laughs> his name was... That's gonna be <laughs> holy shit, guys! Talk about chaos. WrestleTrania—that's what they're gonna call it. <laughs> holy shit! Hang on, guys. You know what's crazy? We haven't heard from him in a while, but I got a fucking tweet from Tootsman. Oh man, it's a Tootsman. Yeah, it's, he says, "He says I like my viruses like I like my women, Chinese and spread easily." <laughs> Oh, dude, that's horrible. It is. It, it is the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Toots, we can't play your theme song anymore here on the We yes. Can't Wrestle podcast, but we can still have them Toots tweets. 
<laughs> oh man. Oh god. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to make this conversation about WrestleMania's past. We got on to WrestleMania now. Um was it just me, you, and Kyle? Right now it is, yes. Alright. Um, I think Mr. Chris Wood is going to try to join us, but every time I try to call him, it says he's unavailable, so he must be quarantined or something. So, anyway, gents, like I said, we're going to, about another hour and a half here, we're going to uh, just freeform, have a, okay, it doesn't have to be an hour and a half if we run out of shit to talk about, which we normally don't. <laughs> we will, uh, no. we will uh, cut it off early, but... That's what we're shooting for here. Um, so, what do we want to start talking about? What are we What are we doing here? Let's let the listeners you know behind what? the curtain. The last couple weeks, there's been a lot of hate going towards WrestleMania Nine. So, let's start there. WrestleMania Nine. WrestleMania Nine is a good WrestleMania. Okay, and I don't know. I don't understand the hate for WrestleMania Nine. I, I don't get it either. I think a lot of it just stems from the Hulk Hogan shenanigans at the end. And there there is there is some bullshit during that mania, and all the bullshit involves Hogan. Like, the, the two worst things about it are the fact that during the Money, Inc. match, they changed the rules of wrestling to benefit Hogan and Beefcake. Mm-hmm. And Well, at least there was rules to change. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Oh, and then, true. and then the the ending, which is like one of the biggest political moves in wrestling history. Except it is funny when Mister Fuji calls him a yellow belly. <laughs> Come on, Hogan, yeah, yellow belly. <laughs> that is funny. However, yeah, I mean, you're just other than that, though. I mean, okay, you start off with a good match between Michaels and Tatanka. It has a fuck. It has it has a it has a fuck it, it has a fuck finish, but it's still a good match. It's it's Jim Ross's first. It's Jim Ross's first WrestleMania. Yes, it's his first show. Yeah, and I love the fact that everybody's in togas. It's funny. <laughs> Jim Steiner, Bobby, Jim Ross with his smiley pumpkin head. <laughs> the Steiner brothers and the Head Shrinkers have one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah, I love that. They match. do. They beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, like well, it's it's and I. And I I'm a big Steiner Brothers fan, and that is honestly the most Steiner Brothers match the WWF ever let the Steiner Brothers have. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That and the one they had with the Beverly Brothers at the Royal Rumble 93. Yeah, but that wasn't near as stiff as what no. it was no. with the Head Shrinkers. And, 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 and obviously those four had worked together before, you know, so they were used to each other, mm-hmm. but... but yeah, they, that was... They beat the fuck out of each other in that match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got you've got Evil Doink on this card. That's a good thing. Everybody, Two every, everybody, yeah. You got you got uh, you got Big Josh Doink and Skinner Doink. And say what you want to say about it. It was fun. It was that that those first those first maybe six months of Doink are really good. Um, playing off the psychopathic character. You know, they didn't try to portray him as quote-unquote a circus clown. He was portrayed as a crazy fucking guy. 
Like, if you're going to do that gimmick, that's what you do with that gimmick, is you don't say, this is a circus clown, like they did in, like, 94. We'll get to 94, because no, ma- that's the most boring year in WWF history. But You make it into John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And and for the WWF at the time, they were still kind of targeted at kids, so you couldn't go super extreme with it. But I think what they did do with it, I thought Matt Bourne did a great job with the with the kind of dual personality thing. And it was... It was like uh, the boogeyman when he was in uh, Ohio Valley wrestling, mm. like Jim Cornette being like, look, there's this crazy guy who thinks he's a pro wrestler and he fucking dresses up as a boogeyman. <laughs> like, that's that's like the way to do it. Be like, this guy isn't right. Like, no, he's not, you know, this guy's not gonna instead, of, instead of popping little uh, plant kids balloons, he should have like taken them. Take their balloons. <laughs> no. The kid. Oh, oh God. <laughs> put him in a bag. Yeah, you just pick him up and put him in a bag and run away. <laughs> it's like the fucking, uh, oh, what is that Christmas uh, Krampus? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put you in my bag. <laughs> Can you hear Powered Finkel now? Introducing first, Krampus. <laughs> Krampus. They could have had, like, you know, there was the Macho Midget or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> was that at WrestleMania? That was after, wasn't it? Yeah, the Macho Midget was like a raw thing. I don't think he was ever yeah. on pay per view. He was on. He was in the Macho Midget was in like those those raws that were in that place that looked like they were in a fucking warehouse. Yeah, I was just trying to think like what what little person or whatever joint could have taken like into the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ty- Tiger Jackson could have pulled it off. The guy that played Dink, yeah. he could have been. The- yeah, and he played the Macho Midget too. Yeah. Like, Doink could have been underneath the sewer, just be like, beat, beat, we all float down here, Tiger. <laughs> God. So it just takes him. Do you remember when they had the midgets for all the wrestlers? You had the mini Taker, the mini Vader, the mini Gold Dust, the mini Mankind. It's because they rented all the Mexican midgets. Mini Vader. And they have, mini Vader they couldn't, have, <laughs> they couldn't have them do the, do the Mexican gimmicks because nobody knew of them. So they're like, we run with these Mexican midgets. What are we gonna do with them? I like, I like, I, I liked rented midget gold dust, <laughs> mini gold dust. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought, I thought mini Vader was funny because he was like that midget. Like the the mini mankind actually acted like mankind, but the mini Vader was funny because he didn't act like Vader. Like he just came out and put his arms up. He didn't even do the V's and then he'd do like the, the tongue flicking thing and everything like nothing Vader would do. Like the mini Vader, the mini Vader dude was like, I don't know what this Vader is. He just put on the costume and, and went from out. What I, from what I've heard on multiple sources, uh, regular size Vader did not like having a midget version of himself. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> so, all right. So going on with WrestleMania nine, and uh, we'll just go through WrestleManias here until the time is up, and then we'll, it'll spurn other conversations. That's what we're doing. It's chaos. It's Corona chaos here. I'm calling the episode Corona Mania or something really? like that. Really, the only duds on that show would be um, Razor and Back that have kind of a shitty match. I don't really like that well, match. But it, it's it, pointless. It is pointless, but it was a way to get Razor on the card. I think Chris is here. Chris Wood, are you here? I see Chris, but I don't hear Chris. 
All right, so probably better that way. <laughs> we'll try to get Chris Wood in here. <laughs> We're trying. Somebody's got a lot of rock. But yeah, I mean, it's it's Bob Backlund and Razor Ramon. What can you do? <laughs> Not have it be Bob Backlund and Razor Ramon. <laughs> this is true. Luger, Simple enough. Luger and Perfect have a decent match. Yeah. Um, Undertaker and Gonzalez is, is is terrible, but... That's the other dud I was going to bring up. <laughs> and then, like we talked about the main event, Brett and Yoko have a good match. And then you just have the, the wonky... And, pe- uh, and people can say what they want to say, but what's going on at the end of that show? The people are popping. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, you know, it probably benefited from the fact that you've got you've got a crowd in Vegas that... Okay, so how many people were at Caesar's Palace because they were WWF fans, or how many people were at Caesar's Palace watching WrestleMania because it was something to do in Vegas? And they won it. They won it like, oh, so oh we, oh Bill, we won tickets to WrestleMania. <laughs> Those people wouldn't have been going as crazy if Hulk Hogan or if Bret Hart would have won the championship and Hulk Hogan celebrating at the end. Mm-hmm. And honestly. If they weren't going to do that, Bret Hart probably wouldn't have been main event in WrestleMania anyway. If they were just going to go, hey, Bret, you're going to be the champion, that that card would have been totally different, and Hogan and Beefcake probably would have fought the million dollar, or fought Money Inc. last, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, more than likely. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan must pose at the end of WrestleMania back then. But this was... Uh... This was the this was this was the kind of an end of an era WrestleMania for the WWF. Um, it was, and I would I would almost argue that it was something that needed to happen too. Oh, absolutely! Because this was Vince McMahon's like last like I think this is what opened Vince's eyes to like oh fuck, like the Hogan thing doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and 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 the funny thing is he had tried. He had tried and tried and tried to move on from Hogan before, you know, with Warrior and et cetera, et cetera. But it never worked as well as the Hogan thing did. But I think that one of the things that hurt Hogan in this time was, or hurt, hurt Hogan and Vince's uh, situation or whatever at this time, their relationship, was that that steroid thing was just bubbling up. And I think Vince, you know, being Vince, was looking at Hogan as like, well, this is... He's kind of the guy that's got me in this pickle right now. <laughs> I need to distance myself from this guy. Now, here's a question I want to ask you. What What if? What it's if Hogan had turned himself. heel? Just saying. What if? On himself. Yeah. But what if Hogan had turned heel? Wouldn't have worked. Like, in 93 in WWF. Wouldn't have worked. Like a heel Hogan against Brett? Well, yeah, or just you know, I think because I think that in WWF, the perfect time to turn Hogan heel would have not have been at this time. It would have been a year earlier. If if you if you it, catch what I'm saying, because if you look at the Rumble '92, etc., people wanted to turn on Hogan then, but then when they brought him back this time, he had been gone for a while, and it's one of those you don't know what you got, or you don't you don't miss it till it's gone kind of things. So at this point, turning him heel might not have worked, but I think it could have worked in 92 because people were ready to boo him in 92. They booed the shit out of him at the Royal Rumble in 92. I think that if you had put Hogan against Brett 
at the uh, King of the Ring, the fucking fans would have booed him because it was one of those things where, like, they're like, yeah, it's great to see Hogan. And then, like, immediately it was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Hogan. That's what he does. <laughs> like, I think the nostalgia hit and then everyone was like, okay. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... Aaron, what do you think of that? I don't think it would have worked. Now, do, what do you think about what I said about 92? Wouldn't work. No? Nope. They were having to They were having to put a lot of, of pre-recorded crowd response to Hogan in 92. Yeah, just, but that was I because just, there were some fresh new faces in there, and eventually they would have went back to doing what they were doing and cheering Hogan again. Maybe. So... And and honestly, if you if you're gonna turn a guy heel like that, you run the risk of now they're gonna start cheering him because he's bad now, mm-hmm. and then it defeats the purpose. And you can't just turn once you've had Hulk Hogan be a face for ten years, and then he turns heel, and then the, the fans start cheering him again. You can't turn him face again right away, or anything else you do doesn't matter. Right. So. They should have just, they did the right thing and stayed the course and let let it, let it run its course and be done with it. So, like I said, 93, a transitional time in the WWF. Um, You know, you come to King of the Ring, Hogan's gone, Yokozuna wins the title because of Harvey Whippleman and a long beard. Like, (laughs) I... I, I, (laughs) Fucking camera flash. (laughs) I wonder. I wonder sometimes if Hogan would have stayed, if it would have started like a Hogan. You know how Hogan had his rivalry with Heenan all those years. <laughs> you could have started like Hogan having a rivalry with Whippleman, <laughs> and now Whippleman's the guy bringing the monster heels against Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I know it was you behind the beard, brother. <laughs> Harvey Flashbulb Whippleman. <laughs> Cameras don't do that. What? No, they they don't. Cameras don't do that. (laughs) Here's the other thing about it. It's like, why is there a cameraman getting up on the fucking ring? (laughs) Like that right there. They're like, Hogan turns around like, oh, my Japanese friends, they need pictures. Yeah, like when had that ever happened? And um, now it would be like a, a vape machine or something. I believe that. The machine explodes in John Cena's face. That that King of the Ring, man. Everything I was just trying to say about Hogan at WrestleMania being that 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 people can say what they want to say about Yoko Hogan WrestleMania, but Hogan Yoko King of the Ring is bad. Bad. I don't think uh I don't even think it's a good match. Like even the the ending is doesn't even ruin. It's just a bad match. It is. It is. They, they didn't they didn't mesh well together. Um, I don't know if it was because they didn't want to work together, you know, that kind of a thing or what. But um, so ninety three kind of like I said, a transitional year for the WWF, and and you know, I think uh, I think sometime sometime for the show. That's something we should do. Obviously, we won't do it tonight because we don't have the time. But I think it would be cool. Aaron and I have talked about it before to just start at the beginning of a year and just 
talk about that year, you know. Take a year, like say, just say 1991 WWF, and then we're just going to, even if it spans two shows, we're just going to talk about that year. You know, I'll try to find as much chronological yeah. stuff as I can as far as house show goes and pay-per-views. And you think that sounds good, Kyle? I know Aaron and I have. I don't know. Yeah, I would like that. I think that would be fun okay. to get to see, you know. Now, have... oh, sorry, go ahead. Now, the question that I want to ask is, do we want to start it? Because here's the thing, like, with WWF, and especially everything else, like, to me, it's like, we want to start it from, like, WrestleMania 1991 to WrestleMania 1992? I would say start at, start at the beginning of the year. You know, to start at the beginning of the year. You know, there's, like, websites I can use, like, the, the history of WWF timeline or whatever, stuff like that, that I could use to, we could look at house shows, we could look at, at TV tapings. Hey, guys. Yes. Hey, guys. Yes. I just I just want to I just want to remind you guys of something. Um, uh, the WWE doesn't even let people in their production meetings. I know our listeners are are very gifted here. This is, this so is maybe, this. maybe we should maybe we should heed the advice of the most richest man in wrestling. Yeah, yeah he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't have any crowds in his audience right now, so I don't want to hear it. Well, it's because they all got monkeypox. It's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's something to look forward to, folks. I, t- I said from the beginning of this episode, I was talking by myself and before Kyle was even in, and I said, we're just pulling back the curtain, having some fun on this show. No edits, no anything like that. We're just recording for an hour or so, an hour and a half or so, and uh, going from there. So anyway, that's, a, that's something to look forward to in 2020 if we all make it out alive. Is a, a chronological year in review um, here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And the Three Stooges here, the OGs are here with you. Chris is mute right now. He's looking at all of us, but we can't hear him. Christopher, can you hear me? All right. So Am I mute? Now you're not. We hear you. Chris, Chris Wood is here. He's been listening, so at least you know what the fuck we've been talking about. I've been here for a while. I said something, but you guys were talking, so you probably didn't hear me. No, you weren't able to be heard. Yeah, I couldn't hear a word you were saying. But we are uh, we are podcasting chaos here tonight. So now we roll into... Oh. WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10. A WrestleMania that is like an island unto itself because this is a boring, this is the most boring year in the history of the WWF in my opinion. But a fantastic WrestleMania. But a, yes, a fantastic mania. Um, Mark Merrow opens the show with a stir, like a stirring rendition of <laughs> America's Beautiful. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Here with the Harlem Boys Choir, the Wild Man. <laughs> Mark Miro. <laughs> or uh, what did Pattengill call him? Mark Morrow. Mark, his... his, his Morrow. Yeah. His uh, middle name is Bone. Mark Bone Marrow here. Um, <laughs> Mark Bone Marrow. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give me credit for that joke. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, one of the best matches in Mania history opens this show. So, it is, it is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. Well, it's okay, because I was going to ask, I think you are going to say what I was going to ask the question. 
It is the greatest opening contest in WrestleMania history. Yes, it's the greatest opening contest in wrestling history. But what is... Okay, I said one of the best WrestleMania matches, and we're talking about ten right now, but just real quick, around the horn, each of the hosts, what's your favorite WrestleMania match ever, Kyle? What's your what's the greatest WrestleMania match? <clears throat> you know what? In my personal opinion, I think uh, Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania eight. Good pull. That's a great match. It has everything that you could possibly want in a match. I really enjoy that one. That's a good one. Chris? And the finish oh, is sorry. fucking amazing. Sorry, yes, it is. And talk about, like, um, we talked about WrestleMania 7 last week with Jake pulling the crowd in in the, in the blindfold match. Talk about the, you know, Piper pulling the crowd in, making them feel like they're part of the end of that match. You know what I mean? Yep. L- looking to the crowd, should I hit him with the bell? Should I not hit him with the bell? Yeah, fantastic match. Chris, what's your favorite Mania match ever? Um, mine's probably a lot more current than your guys'. It's probably either Sean Taker or Sean Flair. Okay, both good. Actually, my favorite WrestleMania match is Sean Taker at twenty-five. Um, it's a it's a it's a damn good one. For me, it was Sean Flair probably more so. It would have been more well accepted if Flair wouldn't have decided, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to go back to work over here. I pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) The thing thing about Sean Flair... Who the fuck is retiring in professional wrestling? Yeah. I mean, I don't... do, Do I wish Flair would have went to TNA? No. Who the fuck has ever retired? I, For, I in all fairness, Sean was still blood money. No, Sean went and took blood money. He didn't retire. Draws did. Who <laughs> <That> doesn't count? <laughs> Who retired? Draws. Draws. Forcibly. Yeah, that doesn't he count. Still has a, he still hasn't come back. Now watch, he'll oh. fucking show up as like some kind of special guest on backstage at or some the, shit and was able to leave their house. At this point, they're going to need him to come back to round out the Mania card. <laughs> yeah. They're like, good <laughs> thing we put in that ramp. Jesus. <laughs> 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 well, they're going to have one of those things that like they put handicapped people into the pool to lift them up and put them into the ring. <laughs> The, the old lady chairlifts with the stairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> oh spectacular shit. entrance. You know what, guys? If he could, Draws would flip us off right now. He can use his arms now. Oh, shit. <laughs> Great thing is, if you think about it, even if he did use one of those chairlifts, his entrance would still be quicker than the Undertaker's. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, what's your favorite Mania match ever? Is it this one? Uh, huh? Is it Owen and Brett? No. Um, <clears throat> it's Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then a, a close second. A close second is. Um, Hulk Hogan and The Rock. 
But yeah, it's Bret Hart and Steve Austin. We're the uh, we're the rebels of the wrestling community. Notice none of us named Steamboat and Savage. Uh, that's the thing. It's like, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that Savage and Steamboat's not a good match, but when you look back at the history of WrestleMania, it's like, yeah, it's a great one. Mm-hmm. It's like top ten, but it's it's not like the the best. Like, I, it, there's been so much more, you know. I think some of that, some of that, kind of resonates in our age group too. Um, in the, and I always, you know, I always talk about it on the show. Anybody that listens, time and age are funny things, and the way you remember things, and the way, and I, you know, when like when when Savage and 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 Steamboat happened, I was like eight years old, and okay, so it's a wrestling match that, that I mean, I probably watched it on Coliseum Video six months after it happened because I'm eight years old, and my parents aren't going to order WrestleMania; they weren't wrestling fans. So my formidable years, most of our formidable years are from like the 90s into the 2010s. So that those things, I think that has something to do with it too. If you ask a guy that was a wrestling fan in the 70s and 80s, he might say that one. Um, but if, 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 if what I'm saying makes sense to you guys, it's, it's, it's what resonates with you when you were at your biggest fandom, I guess. Well, and also, if anybody tries to say that that's not a phenomenal match, they're a fucking liar. No, it's, it's a great match. It's a great match. I just, I just thought it was interesting that none of us in this group name that you know as our favorite. But if you would talk to um, guys from that that came up through that era and everything, I think that that you know you're generally going to hear that one come up. So another good, another really good one that that does not get for some reason does not get the credit it deserves, I think, is, is a great match. Steamboat and Savage at WrestleMania 4 is a great match. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that one falls flat because of the crowd. <laughs> the crowd, Trump, that Trump Plaza crowd was not a good crowd for wrestling. I mean, the only crowd better than that crowd is the one they've got now. Did you say Steamboat and Savage at WrestleMania 4? No, I said uh, DiBiase. Did, did I say? I meant DiBiase and Savage. I was like, what are you talking about? Sorry. sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, that, was like that, that was like that time that Ubi wasn't in the WWF. I was going to be like, what? Is <laughs> yeah. that? Brett and Owen. Great match. Perfect finish. Everything it needed to be. Because Brett and Owen is one of the greatest stories they ever told in that company. It's in the it's in their. Uh, it, I'd put it in the top ten fuse they ever had. Brett and Owen was it? Re- the thing is, though, can WWE really get credit for that kind of feud? Because that's just a natural, like, legit genetic feud. Yeah, well, yeah they get credit for it. They did it. The credit, the credit, the credit definitely goes to the performers. But I guess, I guess, what I'll say is that's it within the. If you're looking at the history of that company. It is one of the, you know, it's up there with Hogan and Savage and Austin and Bret Hart and um, Michael's Undertaker, the Michael's Undertaker Triple H WrestleMania trilogy. Um, what are some of the other great, great stories they told? I mean, but I, to me, it's up there with their the greatest stories ever told but, in that company. Well, I'll, just, I'll just say that I will say that, yes, the WWE or WWF as a whole would deserve credit for having an angle happen on their show. I mean, 
That's just what I think. But, I mean, the credit goes to Brett and Owen for pulling it off, but it was the WWF that gave him the platform to do it. And I know, I know that everybody is like, oh, you know, I know we're talking about WrestleMania, but go and watch Owen versus Brett in the steel cage at SummerSlam. Yes. If you haven't seen it in a while, or if you've never seen it, what the fuck are you doing, first off? <laughs> Second off, go fucking watch that, because God, like, we're so used to steel cages, well, not anymore, but up to that point of being these bloody things, and, like, they made that cage, like, they worked with that cage, and they did things with that cage that guys today couldn't even fathom. The other thing about that match is that everybody does their job properly. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't even mean Brett and Owen. I mean the entire fucking carnival of heart people. <laughs> yep. Like the brothers do a fantastic job. Um Nightheart sitting behind all of them playing like this shitty brother-in-law that doesn't like him and like they're talking and you can hear him in the back and he's like shut up you know like he's doing a fantastic job fucking Diana Hart she takes a bump over the goddamn guardrail and fucking yeah nuts. she does it, it's it, everybody and then like the end of it's great when they're all trying to get in the cage that's a that's a fantastic piece of piece of art in professional wrestling, it's great. But, uh, but some even though the, Davey's, Davey's dressed kind of questionable, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 British bulldog. The Rock would say he's a little kumsi kumsa, maybe. But other <laughs> than that, it's pretty good. I'm not pretty good. It, it's it's like I said, it, it's. Everybody told their story perfectly in that, and um, they still there, Nate. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, he yeah. me. I'm here. Oh. I'm back. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I it sounded like you cut out. Like it sounded like we lost somebody. I was trying to make sure who it was. But the other cool thing yeah. about Brett and Owen, I don't know what that was. That's feedback. That's Skype being Skype. Yep. <laughs> okay, Brett and Owen, they had their match at WrestleMania 10. Yes, they did, and a great match it was. A great, I would like Yoda here. A great match it was. Um, so you got uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon. Vachon! Luna Vachon against Doink and Dink. And this is when we. This is when, this, <laughs> yeah, love that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Just the sigh and then the silence. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> this is. We go from the greatest opening contest <laughs> in any WrestleMania to the shittiest second match ever. But by this point, we were on to Ray Apollo Doink, right? Like, this is no longer Matt Bourne. This is Ray Apollo. Am I correct? Probably. And. Much like we were talking about the greatness of the early heel Doink character, 
This is exactly what I said you don't do with that character. They had turned him literally into a circus clown instead of a madman. So, yeah, and then you give him a midget, a little midget friend. <laughs> hey, at least he was Not only at one it. right now. Yeah, at this point. Oh, as, yeah. <laughs> as this as this long arduous journey through 1994 continues, <laughs> it gets much worse <laughs> with the Doink character, folks. Damn. <laughs> even Jerry, oh. even Jerry Lawler couldn't save that shit. <laughs> no, no, he couldn't. Uh, less said about this match, the better. <laughs> yes, oh, less... like the next match is any better. <laughs> the next match is the awkward two two good performers, and the feud. The feud for this match was actually really good. The cru- yeah, the crush... concept of this match was fucking trash. Yeah, the crush Randy Savage feud. I don't think anybody would disagree. The feud... everything leading up to this was spot on, and then this. This thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like, well, it happened. <laughs> like, the only thing, I, only thing I enjoy about this match is that Mr. Fuji just totally leaves his dude fucking high and dry. <laughs> like, they're coming out and Randy Savage bum rushes him and Fuji just steps aside and lets him attack Crush. Like, he doesn't even try to, like, stop Randy Savage. <laughs> He's just like, nope, and like moves over and just lets it happen. Sayonara, sayonara, boy. No offense, but if if I was in the same boat and I saw Savage coming after my guy, I'd do the same thing and be like, absolutely not. <laughs> that and, and Kayfabe, Kayfabe, the character, Mr. Fuji, would be like, you, you come in, you destroy my demolition. <laughs> when you come in, demolition, go downhill. <laughs> you make us. You make us uh, cheap as fuck. <laughs> we lose to... We, uh, <laughs> we, we even lose good music as you. Yes. <laughs> we get generic music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Con the crush, okay. Con the crush, okay. Demolition crush. Cheap as fuck. <laughs> You over in Portland, not here. <laughs> um, he tries to tie him up and he falls. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. And as far as I know, this is Randy's last. No. Yeah, this is Randy's last WrestleMania. Yes, it is his last. What a way to go I was out. Say, I think it might be his last WWF match, but I don't think it was. Didn't he wrestle like a Survivor Series or something? Um, no, he did Survivor Series in '93. However, I think in 94, in the summertime, he might have done some of those Macho Midget matches. But that could have been 93, too. I can't remember now off the spot, stop, off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, this was, this was definitely his last high-profile WWF match, unfortunately. And he did it because he was buddies with Brian Adams. And that's cool. He wanted to try to get his buddy over, but this thing... The whole making the pin and then having to get back into the ring and so then like what if what if the pin would have happened in the ring? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's false count anywhere, but then you have ten seconds to get back to the ring, or you, or the match continues. Well, fuck it, I'll just pin him in the ring, <laughs> and then it's just a match. <laughs> then it's just a match. 
a couple few years later, Randy was like, look, remember when we worked together at Mania? You want to be my bodyguard on my rap career? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh God! How did it? How, what? This is 2020, right? And this happened in 1994. How did it take that long for somebody to say what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of you guys, none of you guys, ever thought of it until just now, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's like when you're like, how many years were you when you found out? This is what this was for. When you see those memes on the internet, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm forty. Like how many years old were you? How many years old were you when you figured out that that fucking god awful match at WrestleMania made no fucking sense? Forty-one. Like, like just thinking of it now, it makes it even worse to me. Well, it's because like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to discuss it. <laughs> It's sad because if you look at like Macho Man's fucking WrestleMania records, it's like DiBiase, Steamboat, Hogan, Flair, Crush. Crush. It's like, well, one of these things ain't like the other. WrestleMania 2, George the Animal Steel. WrestleMania 3, Ricky Steamboat. WrestleMania 4, Ted DiBiase. WrestleMania 5, Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania 6, Dusty Rhodes. WrestleMania 7, The Ultimate Warrior. WrestleMania 8, Ric Flair. WrestleMania 9, The Grapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And WrestleMania 10, Crush. At least at WrestleMania... The Vestal Virgins. Yeah, Wrestle- I was about to say that. At least at WrestleMania 9, he got to hang out with the Vestal Virgins. So next we have Alundra Blaze, Lilani Kai... It's probably a good thing Lawler wasn't at WrestleMania 9. <laughs> Vessel Virgins yeah. went up suing. <laughs> Cause he I don't know. Um, they may have been too old for him. They're Vestal! They're Vestal! The Lelandra Blaze beats Leilani Kai. The tag championship match at WrestleMania 10 was men on a mission against the tag team champions, the Quebecers. I feel like we were lying to people. Like, we were like, oh, this WrestleMania is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm remembering some really good stuff. Again, it's. The middle of this card is just trash. <laughs> Although, you know what, though? Give fucking men on missions some credit because those fuckers were over. Giving those guys no credit. What? What's wrong with Mo? Mo was all right. They were. They were. <laughs> on, they were only over because confused white people thought they were the rap group tag team. <laughs> eh, well. Well, I mean, fuck. <laughs> they were like, if we boo them, are we racist? We don't want to be racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not need. Oh, that's one thing that New York City is not racist. We were, you know what? We are hardcore wrestling fans because we lived through the mid '90s and stuck around. God bless each and every one of us. <laughs> Kurgan, you remember Kurgan? I'd watch a, I'd watch and enjoy a Kurgan match before I'd enjoy Men on a Mission. I'm no. not saying they were good. I'm just saying those fuckers were over. Now what I will say, and I saw and I saw Oscar, I saw Oscar at Fort Wayne, 
at a, at a Legends convention. You know what he looks like now? He looks like a man from a mission. <laughs> I want to tell you guys a story. Chris, Kyle, I want to tell you this. I want you oh, to boy. I want you to know of the rivalry between Aaron and and Oscar. Oh God! Aaron and Oscar have a rivalry. I think that at one of the uh, at one of the the wrestling conventions that Aaron and I went to, Oscar may have heard Aaron because you know Aaron's gonna Aaron's gonna uh, <laughs> throw some shade. Aaron's gonna Aaron. Aaron's yeah, he's gonna be honest and throw some shade if he sees some shade to throw be thrown. Aaron probably made a joke about how I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, maybe he made a joke about how uh, he is a su- he's surprised Oscar hasn't lost his foot to diabetes or something. And no, I didn't say that I want, he lost his foot. I said, well, the first thing I said was he looked like he would say feats. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't know how to speak proper. Like he's a he's an okay guy, but he doesn't know English very well. And he's like, man, I've been walking around all day. My feet are killing me. <laughs> he just looks like he would say that. You know, like same people would be like, man, look at all those deers out there. Be like, no. <laughs> how do you say it? <laughs> he said he looks like he would be like my feet's hurt. So I'm kind of convinced that Oscar heard Aaron at some point. I also said his table was pathetic. <laughs> yes, you did say that. Um, so one of those things, I'm pretty sure Oscar heard him at some point because Oscar's been to like three conventions that we've been to, and I promise you this: every single time we are at one of these now, every time we are in Oscar's line of sight at his empty table. <laughs> He is mean mugging Aaron. Like this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he's a motherfucker. Oh, shit. Two wrestling people I've never physically met or in my life. And they, they're always somehow giving me shit. It is. And Oscar's one of them. Oscar and, uh, and what's his face? Uh, Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers. That dude never posts anything on this fucking Facebook page group that I'm part of. But like every once in a while, I'll put something on there, and then like Rip Rogers just like, "Oh, let me tell you why you're wrong." And that's like, <laughs> fuck you, Rip Rogers. So, before we move on to the next match, I want to ask: Are you guys all in agreement with me? That one of the best things about mid '90s WWF was the Quebecers. Yes, just not in this instance because this is not a good match. But the Quebecers, especially with Johnny Polo, were fantastic. They were um, in in '93, and especially in early '94. Um, there were times. Where like Raw was the Quebecers show, like they were the big stars of Raw for a few months. And the if you watch, like I think it's like the, more of the early '94 stuff. Um, but they're like they're on every show. Their angles play out on the show even more than the champion and the Intercontinental Champion. They are they are a they are a, a saving grace during some rough times. Watching Monday Night Raw are those two guys. There's a small period of time where the Manhattan Center is their building. Yes, <laughs> like that, that crowd is just cheering them. Like they they don't care. Like there's they end up winning the belts, and the next night they're out there, and like 
The fans are like singing along with their song. <laughs> what did you think of the Quebecers, Chris? What do you think? You think we're right about those guys? I thought they were great. Great heel tag team. They were. They, that's one of the arts that are lost. Yes. Yes. And and you know it's it's you said art that is lost. And and here's where I'll say that that's a perfect statement because like Aaron said, the Quebecers would come out. And the fans would be happy that the Quebecers were there, but they would still boo them during the match and stuff because they were still doing their job. They were excited to see. It's kind of like Savage. I'm not comparing the Quebecers to the stardom of Randy Savage, but when Randy Savage would first come out when he was a heel, there would initially be a pop like, oh, it's Randy Savage. And then once the match started and everything, he did his job and got them to boo him. And that's the Quebecers were really good at that at playing that fine line between we are heels, but we are heels that people want to watch. And Pierre doesn't get enough credit for being a big bastard, but being able to move like a fucking cruiserweight, man. Yeah. Yep. Like, he was doing shit that at that time that like, like, he was doing shit, honestly, and it wasn't the same, but he was doing shit like fucking, like Sean Waltman was doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a big bastard, and I, like I said, I I know for a fact when you watch him that the WWF scaled his shit back because they didn't want him doing all that stuff. But that dude, that dude can fucking go. Absolutely. And and he and he's he's deceptively big too. Like when you look at him and you know, he was wearing the out like the Mountie suit and all that, you couldn't tell. But he's a big bastard, and he could do anything. It, it, like he was in my and people are gonna be like, oh, I can't believe you said this. But in my opinion, he's like on like Bam Bam Bigelow level as being a big fucker that could just he could go. You forget about his size and watch him go. And yeah, he uses his size to his advantage in the match. Or there's times where you forget about his size and then he uses it to his advantage, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah he's a big fucking dude. <laughs> He wasn't tall, but... No. And neither was Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow wasn't like a towering human being. Mm-hmm. He was just a big guy. And like I said, he Pierre was fucking great in the ring. And people hate him, but I like Jacques Rougeau. I know he's never really liked in the wrestling business, but I like Jacques Rougeau. The next match on this card is the first WWF Championship match of the night. It is Yokozuna and Lex Luger. And it's not that great. It's not that great. (laughs) Their SummerSlam match is underrated, but this one... It's not that great. Little rough. Little rough. Um, So, this one is one of mine that... um, Like, the missed opportunity thing... I really, I really wish it would have worked out for Perfect to stick around during the summer of, of 94. Um, I, was, I, w- I found myself interested in the, the rivalry between him and Luger. I was happy he was back because I was always a perfect mark. Um, and we would not have gotten the doesn't make any sense, you didn't do anything different with him after he turned heel, heel turn from Tatanka. Which was stupid. Yeah. You should have started wearing suits. Yeah, like they pretty much like just gave Tatanka Million Dollar Man's music 
and made him frown instead of smile. They changed. It was so stupid when he turned heel because they changed nothing about him other than that. It was so dumb. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he should have had suits and like actually like gone to the reservation and. He should have bought a casino. <laughs> I mean, and that's not even that's not even being that's not a racist thing that I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you're gonna turn the guy heel, in no, the, it's not racist. If, if, if it's a thing. If you're gonna turn him heel in the '90s, where you can still, you know, stereotype people, <laughs> do it. It's f- not racist. It's not racist. <laughs> There's a show, okay. On, it was on AMC, and then it got canceled, and then it got picked up by Netflix, and it's called Longmire. Ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay. One of the big heels is a Native American guy. And guess what he owns? A fucking casino. <laughs> and he wears suits and shit, and then he goes to the reservation and like manipulates people, and, and, and he's a real fucking son of a bitch, you know? And, like, he tries to take fucking Lou Diamond Phillips' bar and all this other shit. He's a real asshole. <laughs> and he makes all his money because he's 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 pouring drinks down his native people's mouths and taking their money one chip at a time. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what they... But anyway, we got off topic here. He gets shot, like, twice. But... Anyway. I'm just saying it's not racist. Perfect is a, a perfect as a special referee here. He um, he disqualifies Luger because Vince had given up on Luger at this point as his pet project. Rightfully so. Uh, anybody else have an opinion on this one? Or are we moving along? <laughs> I think that I say rightfully so on Lex Luger in the fact that. That guy, he should have turned bad. Like, I think Luger would have had a much better run at this time if he would have been a heel. Yeah. He probably would have. I don't think I don't think that he helped matters much when, from every report that I've heard about the whole Lex Express, that he wasn't really into it. And would you have been? I mean... If the company is like, hey, we're going to strap the fucking rocket to you, I mean, I don't know. I think that if if the company is like, we're going to give you the fucking title, and we're going to make you the next Hulk Hogan, I would think that you would try to do everything you fucking can to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't okay for that, but then when other people like, walk away now, people are like, well, I respect him because he didn't want to do it, so he left, or he... Well, the difference is, is that, you know, somebody like, I don't know, uh, Damian Sandow, it's like, well, he's not fucking getting that treatment, like, they're giving him bullshit. He's getting paid, though. Yeah, I understand he's getting paid, but, like, with Lex Luger, I mean... It wasn't like they're like, "Hey, Lex, we're gonna fucking paint you up as a fucking clown and put you out there." You're just gonna no, they're like, "We're we're gonna make you the fucking man." I'm just saying, it's whatever. But I just think he could have been a better heel and um, would have been like a perfect person to be with, like 
Ted DiBiase as a heel manager or um, eventually Jim Cornette, something like that. It would have worked. No, I agree. I think that Luger is better as a heel. It's like Flair. He's better as a heel. Yes. Like Luger would have been a better person to make the million dollar champion than like Steve Austin. I agree with you on that, yeah. And I know it was like Steve was already there, or Lex left or whatever, but if that angle would have been, like, Luger's a heel now, and he's still with the company because he doesn't leave because he's not unhappy, like, he would have been better. He would have been better to go with Ted DiBiase than Tatanka, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Is great because let's say what you want to say about Luger, but he's an amazing fucking heel. Like I've been diving deep into the uh, the WWE old school where they had like the Madison Square Garden shows and the Boston Garden shows, where they're like house shows almost. Right. And there is uh, there's an episode where it's when Luger first comes in and the WBF is big and <laughs> fucking Heenan's like. He's like, why don't you stand up there and pop the shirt off and show us all the muscles? And Luger's like, well, it's been a little bit since I worked out and stuff. And he fucking stands up looking like, you know, a fucking Greek god, and that's like, that's funny. <laughs> it's been a little bit. <laughs> it's been a little bit since. All right, how about uh, how about the next abortion here at WrestleMania 10? Um, <laughs> we have this deal with Earthquake and Adam Bomb. It was 35 seconds too long. Didn't need to be here. Uh, well, why not? Wait, come on. Is this the? This is. I, I believe this is when. Uh, when Howard Finkel has his. The only good thing about this is I always enjoyed. I didn't enjoy when they made them had them wrestle each other, but I always enjoyed Harvey Whippleman and Howard Finkel. Because Harvey Whippleman would be like with your stupid hair, bald head, and your big banana nose. And, you know, that was always fun. Like Harvey being the little wimpy bully to Howard Finkel because Howard Finkel was the only person he could bully. But so we get a little bit of that because uh, for those of you that are younger listeners may not even realize who Cy Sperling was and the hair club for men back in the 80s and 90s. But Cy Sperling is here to give Howard Finkel a hair a hair, a one hair, Nate, a single hair, to give Howard Finkel hair, <laughs> and then we get this atom bomb earthquake thing, which originally, I guess, was supposed to be Earthquake and Ludwig Borga, if you look at the early WrestleMania reports. <laughs> Ludwig Borga. God, you want to talk about the only thing that would have been worse than this match? <laughs> Jesus. At least Ludwig Borga was interesting. <laughs> Aaron hates Aaron hates Adam Baum and slash Brian, Brian Clark, by the way. Hates him. You know what's really sad? Someone paid for this. People bought this on pay-per-view and bought fucking tickets to this. <laughs> I feel bad for them. I don't, because next they got to watch Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. This is true, but... Good God. So is that match is okay, here's a question. Hindsight twenty twenty, talking about the match now. We all thought it was great back then because it was something like you'd never seen before. 
Is that match one of the greatest Mania matches ever, or is it a tad overrated? Because I like the SummerSlam 95 ladder match better than I like this one, personally. I think it's... I'm with you. I think it's overrated. It's it's held in such high regard because of the fact that it's at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a good match. Some... I'm not saying it's not a great match. It really is. Uh, don't get me wrong. The psychology is great in it because I love when they're coming to the ring and Sean's like, I'm not stepping underneath of it. <laughs> and then you have fucking Razor being like, well... I mean, it's fun because it's the first time that we have a double champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> the only reason why we have that is because Shawn Michaels can be a fucking prick at times. Yes. <laughs> but we still have the double champions. I don't know. To me, it's fun. It's a great match. But I'm with you. I enjoy the SummerSlam one a little bit better. Aaron, Chris, I, either one of you out there, think, do you do you agree with I don't what think we're it, saying? I don't think it's overrated. No, okay. Well, and I, I see that. I like I said, I did. I wasn't in any way trying to say it was a bad match. I just think that uh, they had a better match a year and a half later, a better ladder match, and this one is like Kyle said. I think it's just it's so highly regarded because it was different at the time. And it's Madison Square Garden, and it's WrestleMania, so there's the atmosphere. When I look at a match, I don't just look at the match. I look at everything leading into the match. And the 95 one was kind of boring. But the 94 one had a good story. In my opinion. Okay. Because even, even if Michaels is like, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the Intercontinental Champion over here, be before it. And then Razor wins. Shawn Michaels would be like, you still didn't pin me. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I'm the ladder. What do you guys think about the uh, the people that say uh, Shawn Michaels wrestled a ladder that mat- that night? They're fucking idiots. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that <laughs> Scott one. Hall, Scott, Hall, Scott Hall, when not fucked up, is one of the best, top, probably one of the best, at least top 20 workers ever. Bell to bell. And when he's fucked up, he's one of the top 25. <laughs> yeah. Scott Hall is one of those guys that, like, at the time we didn't know, like, we didn't appreciate how good he was. If that makes sense. Yeah. It was one of those guys who was like, it's like, yeah, he's good, but we got this guy, we got this guy, we got this guy. Now, like, you look back, you're like, Jesus. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys, uh, Start talking about the main event here, Bret Hart and Yokozuna. I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be right back. Go ahead. It's Bret Hart, Yokozuna. (laughs) To me, it's what WrestleMania 9, their main event, should have been. Except it has, in my opinion, somebody that should, and he's done it more often than he should, um... For everything anybody wants to say, and I, I've gone on record of saying that this guy is in like the top five of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Okay, but there's one job in professional wrestling that Roddy Piper should have never done, ever. Yep, and that's be a fucking referee. 
God, he's been a referee a lot. It never makes any sense. And it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's that Roddy Piper, when he's on camera and he's in a ring and he's in front of people, is incapable of not making himself the center of attention. Well, yeah. And when you're a referee, your job is to not be the center of attention. I mean, you can be if it's going to be something at the end of it, if you're the special guest referee, but during the body of the match, you shouldn't be the center of attention. And Piper has, like, a a type A personality, or had a type A personality, was incapable of not being that way. I think you guys, I I stepped away for a second, but I think you guys are talking about something that I was going to actually bring up. This match suffers from having Roddy Piper as the referee. Is that what we're discussing? Yeah, because I told him that Roddy Piper is incapable of not being the center of attention. Absolutely. There's like if there's, if, if, you if watch, there's people and a camera, Roddy Piper's gonna own it, and he can't not own it. All right, so I wanna before we uh, wrap on this here. Um, first of all, we got about a half an hour left. Can we cover WrestleMania 11 in a half an hour? Oh, I think yeah, we can yeah. cancel. I think we could cover WrestleMania 11 in five minutes. Okay. Well, but first, the the thing I want to talk about that I that I heard this week, um, and I don't know what you guys think of this. I was listening to. I'm not gonna. I only talk about like two other podcasts on this show, so I'm not gonna name a podcast. But there was another podcast with a couple of guys that are. I mean, they they're pretty knowledgeable about things. Everybody thinks they know. You know, even Meltzer, they think they know, but they they only know what. But anyway, we talked about the. Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon um, match and how it was, you know, there were dual champions, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to, there is a theory out there or a, I guess a rumor out there that I did not know from back in the day. But do you guys remember in, I know Aaron does because I know he really likes the match and really likes the feud and so do I, but remember early 97, Saturday night's main event where they had the tie cage match between Hogan and Orndorff? Yeah. Yeah. So Orndorff, you know, could kind of lay claim to the fact that he's the world champion. Apparently, uh, from what the word was back then, in 87, they did that match, and the reason Orndorff is not on WrestleMania 3 and didn't get worked into the card was because they did that match just in case they got up to the point where they were going to start shooting the angle between Andre and Hogan, and Andre decided not to do it. That way they could go into three with Hogan and Orndorff for the title. Oh. So then once once Andre decided and said, yes, I'm going to do it, and yes, I'm going to put Hogan over, now you're too late into formulating the card, and Orndorff doesn't get worked in. But from what I understand, he got a main event payoff anyway because of that. That sounds like some grassy knoll shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because if you ask Hogan, he didn't know up till even the time it happened that, and, that Andre and, was going to work with him. Also, if you ask Hogan, um, the uh, 
Uh, also, if you ask Hogan, Andre was 610 pounds or something during this match. Yeah. No, it was 950 pounds and 8 foot 5. <laughs> yeah, he gets heavier by the year. <laughs> yes, there he does. Two, there were 285 million people there. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> he couldn't shave down, he couldn't think, he couldn't do anything. <laughs> so, alright, WrestleMania 11. It's great value WrestleMania. All right, look. On this show, Yoko and Owen Hart beat the Smoking Guns to become the tag team champions. And um, um, Shawn Michaels and Diesel have a match. That's pretty much it. All right. So, look, beyond the fact of having uh, fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas there and fucking... Salt and pepper and every fucking thing else. All we really, everybody was ready for us to talk about is should Bam Bam Bigelow and LT gone on last, or should it have been Sean and Diesel? The pro, the pro wrestling fan in me says Sean and Diesel, and and I would even say the businessman in me would say Sean and Diesel because. You, as a businessman, you've used LT already. To, the, the people have paid their ticket. The people have bought the paper. Yes. So yeah, you let Sean and Diesel go off, go on last. Um, now, what I will say about this mania is, I will give high praise and high regard to Bam Bam Bigelow because Bam Bam Bigelow pulled a much better match out of LT than he should have been able to. I am, I am in no way saying the match was good <laughs> or great, but I'm saying Bam Bam pulled a passable, like, what, 10-minute wrestling match out of Lawrence Taylor. It, had, it, was, it was better than it had any right to be. See, now, here's my this question. pay-per-view sucks ass. I have, like, nice ass. Here's my question to you. This, pod- you, like, this, this, pod- this, podca- this podcast has better audio than that pay-per-view did. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Let me ask you this question, okay? Right. Do you think that the reason why LT and Bam Bam went on last is because fucking D- uh, Nash and Sean were so pissed off and they wanted to go on last? Can you see it as Mr. Man being like, oh, fuck the show them, pal. No, it went on last because he was paying Lawrence Taylor more money than anybody else. I get that. that, The same reason that Mike Tyson main evented Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and not the tag team battle royal. It's because he was the main event. He was the celebrity that everybody was, the the non-wrestling people were paying money to see. But really, did they though? I mean, did... I don't. I, what does anybody know? What this show did? Money wise, it sucked. I already told you that. <laughs> no, I, I know, but I'm saying like money wise, I don't know what it did. I'm looking right now. Um, there were the attendance was sixteen three oh five. You figure this is ninety five. So your most expensive ticket to Mania was probably three hundred. Your cheapest ticket was honestly probably ten. <laughs> So you have a median 
let's see, we'll just say our median price for a ticket is a hundred bucks. So it did, I mean, over a million. But what what did it do compared to next year, WrestleMania 12? And well, what, did WrestleMania, what, did Re- what did WrestleMania 12 do compared to WrestleMania 35? Are you going to tell me that WrestleMania 35 is a better car than WrestleMania 12? No, but... It's all, it's that, all subjective, man. The reason that but, match was well, last no. is because Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor was a national celebrity, and that's why that match was last. We're overthinking, we're overthinking and overanalyzing a very fucking shitty show. <laughs> but the problem, the problem is, no, I'm it not doesn't matter who would have main evented this show; it would have still sucked dick. This pay per view is trash. This is one of the worst shows the WWF has ever put on, and it doesn't even deserve to be talked about. WrestleMania 11 is fucking garbage. Speaking of which, we opened the show with the Allied Powers <laughs> against the Blue Brothers. Like I'm, I'm sitting out, guys. <laughs> That's me tagging out. He's leaving the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> this is what I'm not talking about. This fucking show is garbage. You have to, because it's going to be entertaining. Have fun. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> the Corona got him. And to answer your question, uh... From what I'm looking at, they made 750000 in admission fees at the gate. All right, seven fifty, And then... With I'm a sure. 1.3 buy rate pay-per-view, which was down from the 1.68 from WrestleMania 10. Now, see, right there's my... 25 of, the, 25 of the tickets were probably LT's kids. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Continue. They're... I'm interested, Chris. Do you have handy if you're looking it up for me? Like you said, okay. So we got a 750 gate. We got a 1.3 buy rate. What was the gate and the buy rate for two or for two for 12? I just want to see if it went up or if it went down because the uh, buy rate for 12 is only 1.2. Okay, because in the spectrum of things, one of the best WrestleManias. Well, the gate's going to go up because the pond's bigger than the Hartford Civic Center. One of the best WrestleManias that I think we can all criti- critically, one of our favorite WrestleManias from the, the four of us would be 13. And 13 is the only mania that didn't sell out. It actually literally was not sold out. So, I mean, to put in perspective, um, I don't know, just... Here, here's the other we're thing. Getting, that I we're, want to getting bring in up. The, we're getting in the weeds here, but no, we are. But here's the other thing: the fact is that WrestleMania 11, they had to fucking try to bring in fucking LT to try to bring in some attendance. WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 12, WrestleMania 13 didn't really rely on fucking having you know, well, 10 uh, somebody 10, in the fucking ring. Ten had celebrities. The 12 and 13 huh? not. Ten had celebrities. Well, yeah, but they weren't in the ring. Right, right. They didn't wrestle. Um, so then, uh, Razor Ramon, Jeff Jarrett, Intercontinental title. Um, I always liked these guys together. This is this is that weird time with Razor Ramon and One Two Three Kid, isn't it? Uh. No, that's more like 95-ish. This is 
At this point, I think Kidd was actually injured, or about to be injured, because after this they bring in Savio Vega to kind of play the 1-2-3 Kidd role. That's nice of you to say that he was injured. We all know what it was. He got fucking popped. (laughs) I think during this mania, during this promo, he's even like wearing a kimono or something. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is going on? God damn it. (laughs) Fucking Sean Waltman. Um, and then, well, it's a good thing he was wearing it because after you're done watching the rest of the matches, you're going to go to sleep. (laughs) You want to be comfortable. Uh, the Undertaker, it's a good thing they gave the Undertaker uh, 1994 off for WrestleMania because he had to bookend that with, uh, Giant Gonzalez at WrestleMania 9 and this match with King Kong Bundy. Well past his prime at WrestleMania 11. I'm not hating on King Kong Bundy, but at this point, Bundy was well past his prime. And uh, looks like a half melted candle. <laughs> <laughs> and he was oh. at this time. Did anybody else? Does anybody else ever notice that this time he was always doing that? Like that, he was like shaking his lips. Like, yep. <laughs> like, what was going on there? I don't know. <laughs> He had early Parkinson's because he was old as fuck and shouldn't have been working. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, now the match Aaron will actually praise. Owen Hart and Yokozuna, tag team titles against the Smoking Guns. This is, this is fantastic. It's one of my favorite tag teams, is Owen Hart and Yokozuna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The match could have sucked, okay, which it didn't. The match could have sucked, and it would have still been the highlight of my life as a wrestling fan, just watching Owen Hart hug Yokozuna on the ring steps. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, hello. Because he's so happy that finally things are going to work out for me in this place. (laughs) It's been so bad for so long, (laughs) but it's finally going to work out for me because I have this big guy, and I'm going to ride him all the way to the bank. He did what I wanted to do. He went out and beat my lousy brother, Brett. Yeah. Like, he comes out, like, hugs him. Like, Yoko doesn't hug back, but he doesn't, like, smack it away or anything. He just accepts the hug, and it's, it's great. But I agree with you, Kyle, and I'm sure Chris agrees, too. This is one of the better tag teams ever. Just, you know, for... for for guys like us that are 90s wrestling kids, Owen and Yoko, man. And then, I mean, not to mention, we move forward in time. I know we're, again, we always get in the weeds on this show, but Camp Cornette, Owen, Yoko, Bulldog, and Corny. I mean, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and see, this is what you do with somebody like oh, uh, Yokozuna. Put him with fucking Owen Hart, who can do the majority. It was exactly what they. That's exactly why they put Andre in that team with Haku. You know exactly. It's that's how you do it. And you let Yoko come in and fucking sit on a motherfucker's head because <laughs> it yep. looks it looks like impressive as shit. And then uh, Owen comes in and gets the pin, and he's so happy. <laughs> like he yeah, did. look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also kind of shocked looking back. We realized that this WrestleMania had three special guest referee matches. Let's see. 
Yeah, you're right, because uh, what's his name? Um, uh, something Young. Larry Young. Larry Young. Young. Larry Young did the Bundy match. Um, Piper, we'll talk about this in the next one, because Piper annoys the shit out of me in the next match. And then Patterson was the guest referee. Yeah, you're right. They had to have Patterson as the guest referee because you needed a ring general and <laughs> the guy that, <laughs> you know, you need, Wait. you need double trouble to get LT through a match. What the fuck? Larry Young is an umpire for, yeah. for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. A fucking yeah. umpire. <laughs> for an Undertaker match. Why That's what I'm saying, guys. We've been talking about this thing for 20 minutes. Why in the fuck is an umpire? I didn't even know that they had names. <laughs> you think you think umpires are like modern day WWE referees? Yeah, <laughs> they don't have names. <laughs> Why do you need to know his name? He's fucking covered in fucking gear. <laughs> so the next match is an I Quit match. Okay, so when I he said, didn't even do anything. He wasn't like a former baseball player. He was just some fucking guy. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. Now you turn Kyle into Aaron. He's gonna go off on this for ten minutes. <laughs> no, I just it's like I could understand if he was a famous baseball player, but he's just some guy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he's just some guy. What the fuck made him so special? <laughs> so the next match is what you would think you would say. when I, If I would tell you the next match is Brett the Hitman Hart versus Mr. Bob Backlund, you would say, well, fuck, I'm going to love that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because we threw, in the I, we threw in the I quit stipulation. And to be perfectly honest, I've never watched a match where I hated Roddy Piper more. It's one of those things like, there's no way they could fuck this up. And I said, hang on. <laughs> My beer. <laughs> there, like, how many times in this match does Piper say, what do you say? What do you say? Uh, it's so annoying. <laughs> and the match in and of itself is just, it's almost like, you know, because at this point, you have your, I mean, Vince is pretty much sided with the click. He didn't want to put Brett on top. And I watch this match, and sometimes, you know, I, 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 I listen to shoot interviews where I, I read dirt sheets and stuff, and I say, ah, how much of this drama is actually real, you know? But you watch this match, and you think, did they put Brett in this situation on purpose? You know? Did they put him in this lose-lose situation on purpose to make uh, Sean and Diesel look better? Well, it didn't work. <laughs> so that 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 thing thankfully ends, and then um, the Diesel Shawn Michaels match happens, which is a good big man little man match. I enjoy this match. And then the finish comes. Yes. <laughs> what? What in? The ungodly fuck is that fucking power bomb? It is pretty bad. <laughs> the now, what do you think of the 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 chicanery with Sid, the twisting in the ankle, the ref? I mean, it's it's all very convoluted, 
and it's it's almost that like Vince was like, well, I can't trust you to to go out and have the main event match, so we need to throw all this other stuff into it. All the bells and whistles. Pamela Anderson, the Jenny McCarthy, the and that's the other thing that pisses me off. Go back and watch the uh, the nineteen ninety five Royal Rumble where Sean goes oh coast to coast. The two biggest fucking stars in it was Bulldog and Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came out every 60 seconds. <laughs> so don't just, sit here and tell but me. But Kyle, you're talking, about, you're talking about stellar competition like Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, and Mantar. I will yeah. Here, I will not <laughs> sit here and let you disrespect the good goddamn name of Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. He was fantastic. We've already beat Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam to death as we talked about the show. So, that being said, we talked about 9, 10, 11. It's been a good, uh, it's been a good deal here, gentlemen. Well, uh, the, 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 I mean, the Lawrence week. Taylor's still alive, so he beat Bam Bam in that. I have an idea. All right. How about, are you guys like down? We're going to record next Friday, right? All right, so what is your idea for next week's show, Aaron? We all have the network of the WWE. We all have the network of the WWE. That's what they call it in Russia. This is the network of WWE. We all have it. So I stay, as a family, we watch, like, WrestleMania 15. We don't recap it. We don't review it. We just watch it. And we talk about whatever we want to talk about while it's going on. Okay. I'm down you if you... I'm down, I'm talk down about if what's you... on the screen, or we could... Yeah. We just do a watch-along. All of us just watch WrestleMania 15 together, and our show's the length of WrestleMania 15, and then that's the end of it. I'm down it if everybody good else is down. I'm down the clown. All right. Well, listeners, I want to thank you for joining us on this uh, behind-the-curtain edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, uh, the Corona Mania version. Didn't really have a format. Uh, We wound up kind of sinking into a format, and it was fun, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, I want to encourage you, before we sign off, join our Facebook group if you have not. Um, The We Can't Wrestle live show is there and on our YouTube page. Uh, lots of fun that we have conversations. Aaron is doing watch-alongs on the uh, on the Facebook group that uh, you can watch a, a pay-per-view or a Nitro or a Raw or something to that effect um, along with him. Um, so much going on. Uh, I do free giveaways of, of merchandise on the show, on the uh, Facebook group. So please do join the Facebook group. Get be a part of that. Uh, hit up our YouTube page. I'm going to be yeah, doing now that, now that you mention it, maybe Kyle and Chris, maybe you guys should get up off your ass and do something. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a, it's not like you're going to work. Too. I'm going to have a giveaway too. Whoever wins, it gets a cutoff shirt. Oh, snap. Actually, I think, oh. you, I think you should send them the sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll sign him and send you the sleeve. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Our boy Archie. Guys, our boy Archie. You guys can wear him on your that. head while you mow the yard. <laughs> Mowing season's coming up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh. Kyle's got his own burger towel. Look at that. Um, yep. So anyway, subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, gonna try to do some <laughs> more safe batamania. Ex- <laughs> some more exclusive things on the YouTube page as well, and I am working on a website as well for the show. So so much to check out with the We Can't Wrestle podcast in 2020, especially while you're uh, on lockdown during uh, during the COVID crisis. Chris, would you like to say anything to listeners before we sign off tonight? No, I'm good. I'm just wanting to see everyone join up on the Facebook page and everything else. Yes, sir. Kyle? Uh, the only thing I want to say is that um, WrestleMania is not going to be taking place anywhere, but it's going to be taking place in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Nobody will get to see it, but trust them, it happened. <laughs> there, there will be a couple of tournaments. To the tournament <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aaron? Why do you say it like that, Aaron? You always have a nice sign-off for your fans, your listeners. Well, I'm just saying I'm looking forward to the website, and just so you guys know, it won't be hardcore, but it will have softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll only be like, that'll be, you have to pay for it. <laughs> sunny, <Yeah>. sunny pooted. <laughs> we got to keep it wrestling related here. It's not like P and the V, but it, like, it looks like they are. You know, like kind of like Cinemax. <laughs> well, I want to thank each and, everyone, each and every one of our listeners for joining us here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your listenership. I appreciate each and every one of my co-hosts. We'll see you next week. We're going to watch WrestleMania 15, Stone Cold and The Rock in the main event. And we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us.